0: We've been doing like a highlights reel through the book of Joshua and we are kind of coming into land on that now. Actually, next week will be the final message from the book of Joshua. And so even though we've been in the first kind of six, seven, eight chapters and the sun standing still and kind of nine and ten, we're now at the tail end because actually you have a huge chunk of Joshua which is talking about this clan, this kind of tribe are going to have this land um, and then at the end you have Joshua as an old man comes and kind of delivers three messages, if you like, back to the people at the end of his life. And so we're looking at one of those, and then the final ones in Joshua 24, which we'll look at next week. And uh, it, I couldn't help but think, as we're kind of coming to the end of Joshua, that as I was thinking this week, as we were also convinced that it was coming home, the dream's gone, hasn't it? I've not seen plastic flags on cars anymore. Um... A Man United shirt has cruelly appeared on the front row instead of, <laughs> instead of Pride in England shirts. Uh, and it's gone. And I noticed, um, as, as a keen kind of a football fan, I noticed the difference from the first couple of games with England in particular to where they were at the end. They, they kind of lost their edge a little bit. They weren't trying to be adventurous anymore. Sure, some of it was maybe they were tired. Uh, maybe they came up against better opposition in the form of Croatia but they weren't the same team that played pretty decently against Tunisia and Panama, albeit pa- I could get in the Panama team. But like, that being said, they weren't the same team. They'd lost a little bit of their edge. They almost looked like passengers, some of them, that the game was passing them by if you watched that. Now, I didn't watch the game yesterday, third, fourth playoff, because I'm not bothered. But again, <laughs> reading about that, Seem to suggest we've just passed our players by. They seem to have like lost their edge, their sharpness, their alertness, had gone and deserted them. And actually, in life, sometimes it's a little bit like that. We can get to a point and we maybe feel comfortable and we feel okay and we lose our edge. I remember a few years ago, a couple of years ago, I was driving home around the M60, what a beautiful motorway that is. And you know when it rains so hard, and I mean so hard, all you can see is spray. The motorway slows down to like 10, 15 miles an hour. Have you ever been in a scenario like that where the the wipers can't keep up? And uh, it's so intense that the radio or the CD player or MP3 or whatever we have now goes off because I need to be so focused. I need to be so alert, the kids, have to stay absolutely silent. No, you cannot talk to each other anymore because I can't even see the car to my right or the car in front of me. You're just concentrating so intensely. Has anyone ever been in that scenario? Regularly, okay. So when the rain's coming down, you think, wow, the rain stops and you're like, wow, that's brilliant. The flip side of that is there's been many occasions where I've driven down the M1 and two hours later, I'm like, how did I get here? Where you haven't had that intensity of uh, of concentration. You haven't been on the edge. You've just been in kind of comfort mode. You've just been, uh, the tunes are on, your Aid energy is helping you out and you're just heading down the motorway and you think, goodness me, how did I get to Milton Keynes? I'm sure I was just in Chesterfield. There's a massive difference. And Almost, there's this sense here at the end of Joshua's life, they've had lots of intensity. They've been on the edge. They've had to be on the edge of what God's been doing because Jericho was in the way. They had fights with AI. The sun needed to stand still. They had a river to cross. They, they, they needed to be on the edge and knew they needed to be on the front foot of God's purposes. And yet, you almost have here, Joshua, at the end of his life, is teaching the people. Because even though they're at rest and there's been a, a bit of time that they've been, not been fighting now, Joshua is aware that it's very easy to take your foot off. And he's thinking, we can't afford to. We can't just coast. We can't just end up getting to Milton Keynes and wondering how on earth did we get here? Because there's more at stake for Joshua. Yes, there's the conquest, and that's one thing for Israel to do that for five years. But to keep going, to maintain vision, to maintain vigor that outlasts even his life, that's what he's shooting for. And we've talked about that as a church, haven't we? That when we're not here anymore, who will be? Talking about the next generation, something that lasts I came across this great quote, and I've said it before, but I love it. The great use of life is to give it for something that outlasts it. The great use of our life, to give it, to give all that we are to something that has greater significance, to something that is going to last. And here an aging, dying Joshua says that to the people. Here's some things I want to say to you to stay on the edge, stay on the front foot of what God has for us. When his eyes close on this life, he wants the leaders and the next generation equipped and able to continue to flourish, to continue to see God honoured and glorified. He doesn't want the people to be wallowing or dejected. And it was beautiful on Tuesday to have the prayer night together because there wasn't a sense of that and there shouldn't be a sense of that in the church. Instead, it's what are we going to do? How are we going to keep going? How are we going to stay on the edge and the front foot of mission? Because that's what Joshua talks about here. Let me read it to you. What a timely reminder this is. Joshua 23, if you've got a Bible, and I'm going to read verses 1 to 16 because it's really good to just listen to the Bible, even if it was with my pronunciation. This is Joshua 23. A long time afterward, When the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their surrounding enemies and Joshua was old and well advanced in years, Joshua summoned all Israel, its elders, its heads, its judges, its officers. And he said to them, I'm now old and well advanced in years. And you've seen all the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. For it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. Behold, I have allotted to you as an inheritance for your tribes, those nations that remain, along with all the nations that I've already cut off from the Jordan to the Great Sea in the West. The Lord your God will push them back before you and drive them out of your sight, and you shall possess their land just as the Lord your God promised you. Therefore, therefores are always really important in the Bible. Therefore, so because of all this, because of all God has done, Be very strong to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right hand nor to the left, that you may not mix with the nations remaining among you or make mention of their names of their gods or swear by them or serve them or bow down to them, but you'll cling to the Lord your God just as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out before you great and strong nations. And as for you, no man has been able to stand before you to this day. One man of you puts to flight a thousand, since it's the Lord your God who fights for you. Just as he promised you, be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. For if you turn back and cling to the remnant of these nations remaining among you, and make marriages with them, so that you associate with them and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you, but they shall be a snare and a trap for you, a whip on your sides, a thorn in your eyes, until you perish from off this good ground that the Lord your God has given you. And now I am about to go the way of all the earth, and you know in your hearts and your souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God has promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one of them has failed. But just as the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you have been fulfilled for you, so the Lord will bring upon you all the evil page turn until he has destroyed you from off this good land that the Lord has given you if you transgress the covenant of the Lord your God which he commanded you and serve other gods and bow down to them then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you and you'll perish quickly from off the good land that he has given you that's some speech from Joshua to the people God's been good God's done all this stuff hasn't he wow he's brought us to this point what are we going to do about it then Joshua is massively concerned with legacy. Massively concerned with the next generation. What happens when I'm not here anymore, he says to the people? What you're going to do? Who you're going to serve? Who you're going to honor? God's done all this great work and then there's the therefore. Because God's been faithful to you as a people, Be very strong to keep all that's been done and all that's been written in the book of the law of Moses, he says. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Don't mix with the nations. Don't make mention of their gods. Don't worship other gods, people. Remember the Lord your God has brought you to this point. Don't bow down to them, but cling to the Lord. Joshua is really concerned with the stories being passed on because stories create legacy. Testimony and stories of the great things God has done create legacy. We remember stories, don't we? We communicate in stories. If I go on holiday and I come back, you'll say to me, did you have a nice holiday? And I'll say, yes, I did this. I'd share a story with you. I probably wouldn't give you a list of facts. I'd probably be like, oh, there was an ice cream van and my son had a fab and it was brilliant. It wouldn't just be a list of facts of 8 a.m. we were here, 9 a.m. we were here, 10 a.m. we were here, 11 a.m. I went for a swim. Like that—that that w- that's not what happens. But story, because we communicate in stories and we remember it. And Grace's grandma, she's Austrian, isn't she? She's like completely Austrian, isn't she? She's 100%. Yeah. Um, and how many how many siblings has she got? I want to get this right. I said this the other day, but how many brothers and sisters has she got? Twenty. All right. I thought it was twenty-three. I've added on a little percentage there. Twenty. So there's twenty-one of them. That's pretty epic. There's twenty-one of them, um, and growing up together. And some of the stories she tells about how, of course, her older siblings would mother her and parent her. And actually, she grew up in kind of well, Austria, and she's growing up as Nazi Germany is spreading. And so she's sharing these stories. And it's interesting because I, I don't. I've never met any of her. Brothers and sisters, I don't even know how many of them are. there are exactly. I don't know any of their names, but I can remember some of the stories she shared. And I can remember those and go, okay, wow, that's interesting. That must have been fascinating living at such a time as that in Austria with all that was going on in the world. And we remember stories, don't we? For Israel, Joshua is saying, you need to remember. You have to remember all that God has done. Don't forget it. Pass it on to the next generation. And that's the charge to us as parents, if you're a parent as well, to your children, isn't it? You read that in in the Bible, in Proverbs, in other places too, is pass this on to your children. Make known who God is because that's what matters, something that's going to outlast us, something that's going to be here. And uh, it's really important, he says, Joshua here, is when we're sharing these stories, when we're teaching who God is, we're doing it from the book. We're not doing it from our book, but we're doing it from his book. We're doing it from what he says and what he reveals of himself. Because increasingly, guys, it's not going to be PC to be a Christian. It's probably not PC to be a Christian anymore. But if we're here and we're saying Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only hope for a fallen, broken humanity to have new life and and to be with him forever, the world don't like that because the world wants lots of roots, But we're saying, no, Jesus is the only way. And we're going to need to rely on the book, aren't we? We're going to need to cling to him. We're going to need to cling to the stories of who Jesus is, of who Jesus is revealed to be, to pass it on to the next generation. We've got to stay close to it. And I know that us speaking these stories and sharing our faith with others does not guarantee that they'll come to faith. It doesn't guarantee the faithfulness of our children, But we have a better shot if we're passing on the stories than if we say nothing at all, right? If we're creating legacy, we've got to pass on stories. And it can be of who God is, but also I believe it's of what God has been doing amongst us. That's why we can say from the front, at peace, the Lord is at work here. The Lord has stopped this, and so we're going to hear from the Lord, and we're going to inquire of the Lord as what the next step is. If it wasn't that building, the Lord will provide something else. How do I know that? Because he's good. How do I know that? Because he's provided. How do I know that? Because the Lord wants there to be a lasting impact in Chesterfield generation after generation to be telling the great stories. And I loved hearing a story of when we first came here, it was John Pickering told me this story, and he said, an old friend of his who used to come to this school, I think she taught at this school, she used to prayer walk the school. She used to prayer walk it. Before it was this, I haven't been in Chesterfield all that long, before it became Artwood Academy, I don't know if it was Newbold High or something, in its former days, she used to prayer walk it. And she passed on to John Uh, I don't think she's alive anymore, but there was this sense of, she said, oh, it would be significant that there'd be people that would be there that would worship God, that praise would rise from it. And she faithfully prayer walked, prayer walked, prayer walked, legacy. Giving yourself to something that outlasts it, and it's the kingdom of God. That's what matters. And for us, all right, I don't think anyone here has quite seen a Jericho. We may not. I've seen water's part in front of us. But I tell you this, we've got Jesus. We've got death and resurrection. We've got new life. We've got transformation. What greater story than the story of the one who died for us and was resurrected to new life so that we can be resurrected with him. That's the greatest story there'll ever be, isn't it? And what a thing for us to pass on. We must uh, in these days as we're thinking well what next or our heads it could be tempting for our heads to be down low is going no we need to be concerned with legacy that's what Joshua is about here and i think that's timely for us and he's concerned with it and he's confident with it because he can say god has brought us safe thus far You almost see that. It doesn't quite paint it in exactly those words. But you get the theme kind of developing there in Joshua 23. His experience had been a good one, hadn't it? All right, there'd been some battles, but it had been a good one. Oh, do you remember when the walls came down? That was amazing. Do you remember when the Jordan parted? And when when we went to battle and the Lord fought for us? As I was reading, I hope you picked up on that. It kept saying there was repetition. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord has fought for you and he will fight for you again. Our past experience, and I hope you have this, of God's faithfulness has to inform our present state and has to inform our future hope. God's been faithful. Why is he going to change? He's not again. Who is he? he? God's been faithful. Verse 9 and 10. The Lord has driven out before you great and strong nations. They were. They were mighty nations. And as for you, no man has been able to stand before you to this day. One man of you puts to flight a thousand. That's amazing, isn't it? Since it's the Lord who fights for you. With God, anything's possible, guys. We know that, right? Nothing's going to thwart him. Just as he promised you, be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. There's another therefore there is. God's brought you safe thus far. Therefore, stick close to him. Therefore, continue to love him. All that God did for Joshua was for a reason, wasn't it? Jericho coming down, the battles they had. It was for a reason, for a plan, for a purpose. And it's true for us today. You might be sat here disappointed. I'm not disappointed because I know the Lord's in it and I'm excited to see what the Lord's going to do. But I know this the Lord has brought us safe thus far. The Lord has done amazing things amongst us, whether it's people being healed, people coming to faith, people being reignited in their faith, people joining church, people coming back to the church, people wanting to step out in mission. People want into, with with a big heart for the homeless and the broken and the poor. And we've got a debt center in our town. There wasn't one. There is now. This is amazing. God has done amazing things. He ain't about to stop church. So neither are we. We need to stay on the edge and on the front foot of all that God is doing because he's been at work, hasn't he? And I think that there was a prayer from Colin and Carl said it from the front You know, all the finance fell into place. All the hurdles seemed to be overcome. It wasn't a joke. It was for a reason. We may not know exactly what that is just yet, but God knows, and that should give us huge heart, that the God who has been faithful and brought us safe to this point will continue to do so. He will continue to do so. And there's these amazing verses that I almost feel like I, I was just kind of dwelling on on them just as we were worshipping, and just felt this kind of tug in my heart of, Oh, this is a word we need to hear. There's these verses from verse 14. And now Joshua says, I'm about to go the way of all the earth, and you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, this bit here, not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God has promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one of them has failed. God has not failed. God knows what he's doing. It's not a failure. I think we need to hear that. God's at work. And sometimes, because he's God, it can be a bit mysterious. And we have to keep following. And we have to love the Lord your God. And part of that, I believe, is just kind of closing in now, is this final piece here when it says this. Be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. For if you turn back and you cling to the remnant of the nations among you and you make marriages with them so that you associate with them and they with you, know for certain the Lord will no longer drive out the nations before you. There'll be a snare for you. You're going to have traps. Traps. You're going to have whips on your side, fawns in your eyes, and you'll perish from this good ground the Lord your God has given you. Scary verse from Joshua incoming. Scary warning from Joshua. Be concerned with legacy, guys. Be concerned with what's going to come. God's brought us safe thus far, but stay close. If you've drifted from the Father, come back to him. If you need to reconnect with God, now's the time to do it, Joshua says. Don't go back to who you used to be. You're a new creation. Live in that. We're resurrection people. Live in the light of the resurrection of Jesus. God's call here is a word that I think society doesn't like in its obedience. Feels like a heavy word, but it's a God word. Obedience. To follow after him wholeheartedly. To follow his word and what he has to say and to stick close to him. And he says... Joshua says, You're going to need to be obedient to the Lord. You're going to need to be different, distinct from the nations around you. That's why he says, Don't marry them. Because you need to be distinct. And, and drip, 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 drip will happen. You start marrying them, then what, then what, then what, then what? And before you know it, you'll be worshipping their gods. That's Joshua's argument here is be distinct, be set apart, be my people. Continue following on after me. And it made me think, well, what does it mean for us to be set apart today? Does it mean I've got to kind of go through this massive, huge process of selection for marrying someone, according to these verses, if I'm taking them literally? Or does it mean, because we're post-death and resurrection of Jesus, it's about us being separate in that we know that we're in the world, but we're not of it. This is not everything. There is so much more to come. There is a hope and a future, and I want as many people as possible to experience it, and I hope you do too. And part of our being set apart, I believe, is Romans twelve two. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. We're new. We're new people. We live like we're new people. We interact with the world that we are God's. Children, which means the way we respond to crisis. It means the way we make decisions, the way we speak of people. All these things are countercultural, and they're all the God way. That's what it means to be separate. It doesn't mean weird, closed-off, cult-like. It means like Christ, which is a mega good thing to be more like him. And there's a couple of ways here, a couple of ways to respond, almost a couple of things that, that God gives through Joshua here. First one, verse 14, is God's grace. Because of the faithfulness of God, then follow after Him. God's been so good to you. That's my story. Man, I don't know what life would be like without God. I don't want to know. But I tell you this it's better with Him in here. Find fulfillment and hope and purpose in this life, and I know in the next. And some of us need to rediscover that. Because maybe we have just drifted a little bit. spoke this weekend at RK Fest. I wanted it to be about reconnecting with God. Recognizing that it's easy to drift out of a relationship. It's not easy to drift into one with the Lord, but easy to drift out of one. And that we've got a father who loves us. You know, I love the prodigal son story where the father runs out to the son. That's what our father in heaven does. That's what he's done for you in giving Jesus. So there's no barrier if we come to him, we turn around, we repent and put our trust in him to us having our father and reconnecting with him. It's God's grace, God's undeserved kindness to us. But I'd be doing injustice if I didn't just slightly touch on verse 15 because he gives another kind of reason to get in line and obey the Lord and he talks about fear. He talks about fear of the Lord. And I think that's something that we sometimes don't talk about enough that we can, we can be super pally with God, and that's great because he's our father. But yeah, he's our father in heaven. There's an awe and a reverence connected with who God is, the creator of the universe. He's mighty. He's powerful. He's awesome. And sometimes, just sometimes, we lose that edge a little bit. And here, Joshua's like, look, obey the Lord or it ain't going to go well for your people. That's my summation without going into massive detail. Keep following after him. Keep close to God and it will be all right. Yes, life will be full of ups and downs. I'm not preaching a prosperity, health, wealth gospel here. Mumbo jumbo. Life's hard. Life can be hard. But with Jesus with us, it's much better to navigate it with him at our side than not. And it made me think. Of, uh, I like C.S. Lewis, and I like the Chronicles of Narnia, and um, I like all of them. I like the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. And there's this part where um, Aslan, the lion, who is a picture of Jesus, by the way. I hope we you know that. You know, he dies. He comes back to life. Um, he's the rescuer. He's the saviour. And there's this bit where Susan, one of the children, hasn't met Aslan, thinks Aslan's a man. Well, Aslan's a lion, so that's a bit scarier. And it says this. This is taken from the lion, witch, in the wardrobe. Just thinking a little bit of who God is. I won't do voices. (laughs) Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Ooh, said Susan. (laughs) I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. And then uh, Mr. Beaver says this, because Beaver's talk as well. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he is good. Yes, he's a lion, but he is good. And that's our Father in heaven. He's the creator of everything. And sometimes, like, that can be a bit much for our head, but we should be in awe of who God is and all that he's done. And it should drive us to follow after him. If God can create and do all this, if God can fight for us, if God can cause miracles, I want to stay close to him. Because he's good a healthy awe and reverence of God doesn't paralyze us with fear. It simply doesn't. But it moves us to obedience. It moves us to faithfulness, just as grace does, just as God's kindness, undeserved kindness to us does. And I want us to continue because I think we have been, and I think the Lord has been smiling upon us as a church family. I want that to continue. Continue. I want to see God continue to do amazing things. To see men, women, children come to faith in Jesus. To see those who are in poverty set free. To see the poor, the broken, the hurting encounter the love of God. That's our heart, right? And we're not going to let an auction get in the way of that, are we? We're not, are we? Because we want to see God's kingdom come. And we want to give ourselves to something that will outlast us. My prayer, our prayer, I believe, is that we want to stay on the edge of all that God has for us. And sticking close to him, sticking close to the book, being concerned with all that is to come. And loving God and obeying him and being faithful in all that we do. Will keep us on the edge of all that God has for us. And you know what I want in on that? And I hope you do too.